0: This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook, and what has made them champions on and off the field. Yankees win! That contract extension was for $176 million. Touchdown! And a title for the Patriots! I can't believe it! I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. I'm here with my dear friend, the gorgeous Caitlin Sandino. <laughs> well, you are our first Olympian that <gasps> we've had on the show. Oh, I'm honored. And one of my favorite people. So put you on the playbook primary list, and oh. I'm sure we'll have you back if you want. Definitely. But I, I want to educate everyone kind of on, number one, you know, kind of your background. Okay. Right? You are an Olympian, mm-hmm. uh, but then understand as an entrepreneur, you know, what traits it took, to, you know, an Olympian to me is an entrepreneur, sure. right? It, it, there, there's an innovator, mm-hmm. you know, a person that can make their dreams become real. But then there's like this other person that can monetize that innovation. Mm-hmm. So for me, the Hall of Fame, an Olympic athlete, it's like the dream beyond the dream, right? Right? You know, so many kids around here this time of year is like, oh, I got a scholarship to USC, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was one of your goals definitely. growing up in Orange County, definitely. But it's a whole other realm when you get to USC to be one of the best in the NCAA, definitely, and a whole other realm to be the best in the world, right? And so I want to explore that with you. So why don't you just first give a little bit of background on Where that passion or desire came from, because obviously that's one thing you need to be a gold medal or even a medalist in the Olympics, is desire. Definitely.
1: You know, I I was born and raised right here in Southern California, Orange County, Lake Forest, and... I think a lot of it came from. I am the youngest of three, but we have a pretty large age gap. My oldest sister is fourteen years older than me, and my middle sister is eleven years older than me.
0: Nice. So they called you baby. Oops. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm <laughs> like the oops, but like a good oops. I have. I have a good oops. I call
0: him the best mistake of my life. Nice. He's seven right now. Everybody needs one, right? Exactly. Hopefully, he'll be as successful and gorgeous as you. He's off to a good there start. We go. Off to a good start.
1: And I, you know, I think I was being dragged to their swim meet. So I went to my first swim meet when I was two weeks old because my sisters were competing. So being around that environment immediately, it was kind of just like what I grew up, what I I knew, and being, you know, towed to each event after another. But honestly, I was a huge water baby, and I don't think that's something you can necessarily teach. Like, I legitimately love the water from the bathtub. Like, my parents couldn't even get me out of the bathtub. I was trying to do laps, like, in the bathtub. And then as soon as I was walking, I was going off the diving board and into the deep end with no fear and jumping off the board and popping up and swimming over to my dad and it just – a huge love for the water. Um, but then I was a huge tomboy and a huge kind of jock growing up. I yeah. did every sport that you can imagine. Um, I was actually probably equally as good in soccer as I was at swimming. And that's what the two sports I kind of narrowed it down to in the end and it was splitting my time between soccer and swimming up until So did it, did it
0: suck in elementary school when like <laughs> the little boy who had a crush on you? So here's the best-looking girl at the school <laughs> – who then beats the crap out of you at your favorite sport.
1: Right. You that kind of sucks. After I like dust him in the mile. It yeah, was, yeah. You know, I
0: used to hate that because I was that guy. I was like, oh, God, like, I have such a crush. No, meanwhile, I was like four feet nothing. So you would have right. been like a foot taller than me. Oh, man. And I've been in love with you. And then I'm like <laughs> try to prove myself. Okay, let's race. Let's and race. And i like – that would be the end of our relationship like, right there. Definitely
1: was the girl that had all the guy friends, a lot yeah. of guy friends, you know, was, you know, playing football with them and right. whatnot. But yeah, huge just like jock. And but I was still had like a girly girl side. Like I was the girl that was like knocking girls down on the soccer field, but had that huge obnoxious like bow in my hair, you nice. know. And then it came to the point in eighth grade, it was kind of like you have to pick a sport. My soccer team, it was like, hey, we need you full-time. My swim team's like, hey, you should really pick a sport. And um, it was a hard decision, but I knew ultimately that I probably had more of a chance or a talent in swimming and i really enjoyed how it was an individual sport yeah. um you know soccer goes through a lot of people before it gets into the goal and with swimming it's all on you that day that time and talking about the desire and the hard work like i knew all of my hard work would pay off not to say you know you're on a team and Somebody's gonna slack and that's gonna show, but it does, you know? So, yeah, like, I'm I wasn't relying on anybody. You
0: know, I, I played football and baseball, but mm-hmm. most people don't know I pole vaulted in college no. as well. It was just almost a hobby because <laughs> I was sitting on the bench on the baseball team <laughs> and all my friends were pole vaulting and I was like this little gymnast kid. Yeah. And I was good at it. Right. But the one thing I liked about it, and I compared it to business, was. There was no I, – I took it as there was no competition except for me. Right. Right. So, like, with pole vaulting, it was like I did my best. I cleared 16 feet. Mm-hmm. And I get it, like, some guy cleared 18 at UCLA. <laughs> but for me, that was a personal best. Exactly. And I love that, you know, because I was small, I, I hated the fact when I played on teams that, number one, I always was at a disadvantage to make the team, mm-hmm. to start on the team. And then I had to rely on the pitcher right. doing well. Exactly. Right. Or, you know, other players. Exactly. Exactly. When when I was pole vaulting, I just loved the fact it was just me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't love playing on teams sure. and have all these friends. Right. Was that what made the decision so hard? Because obviously you must have been a really good swimmer and already placing in meets right. and winning awards. Yeah. But were you afraid that you'd miss the camaraderie side of it?
1: You know, and there are – coaches or swim teams would be like, oh, it's a team sport. It's a team sport. And I, you know, I really disagree with that. I mean, I did go to USC and I did feel a part of a team and you are on relays, but that individual aspect, and it's, it's based off times. It's very black and white, you know, it's not a gymnast. You're like, no, that was a 10. It's like, no, this was a time. That's what it says. Or worse, cheerleading. My girls cheer. I'm like,
0: (laughs) how did you win that? I have no idea what just happened. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no judgment in it and I really enjoyed that too. And you know, part of it was your head's down and you're following a black line. I mean, it takes a unique person that's okay with that too. And you know, I would be lying if I said, "Oh, I loved swimming." It's like I loved aspects of swimming. I loved to race, but training was hard. I you know, there's definitely many more times than not that I'm like, "I do not want to go today." You know, but then yeah. it's like, you know, that mindset and it's like, "What's pushing you? What's your goal? How did you get there?" And you know, I I really believe that I had a talent and I couldn't waste that talent. And for me, it was kind of like my meal ticket. Like I knew in high school, if I wanted to go to an amazing university, if I wanted to have, you know, as college experience, I needed to earn that just because I knew my my parents' financial situation. You know, I hear I could you, have, girl. You know, <laughs> I <was right> there. <laughs> yeah. Six kids, I totally. was going nowhere. Exactly nowhere. And so it's like I didn't want to put that on my parents. I didn't want my parents to stress about that. And what a waste if I did have this talent and I didn't execute it. And then here I am, you know, probably going to a JC for two years and trying to transfer and. Polly's still paying off student loans today. So right. in high school, my mindset was, you know, I really want to be able to swim in college. I want to go to college. And if I can get as much of that paid for as possible, great. And then, um, you know, one thing led to another. I made my first Olympic team when I was 17 wow. and I was actually still in high school. Um, so that kind of opened a lot of doors as far as, okay, what college do you want to go and to? And where did you get
0: to go for your first Olympics?
1: Uh, you know, my first Olympics was in Sydney, Australia. That and, sucked. Oh, uh, yeah. It was such a terrible experience. <laughs> I absolutely love it. There's my wow. favorite place. me too. Oh. Oh gosh! I I travel all around the world, even with my
0: wife. And like, you go places, you are like, you know, why did I go to Marrakesh, Morocco? You know, like I live in San Diego, (laughs) like I live in Orange County now. But like, literally, I do Port Beach is much better than Marrakesh. Like, I can watch that stuff on video. No
1: kidding! Right? I don't
0: have dirt all over me and people (laughs) chanting at me or whatever they were doing. But when I went to Sydney and got off the plane, I went to Melbourne and Sydney. I was like, whoa, this is like San Diego times ten. No kidding! And the because it was beautiful, like San Diego. Uh, but the people. I was
1: just going to say, people. Yeah. It's all the, oh my it's all the God, culture. They're,
0: they're so cool. And
1: you know what's so crazy is they love swimming. Swimming's their number one sport there. So getting off the plane in Sydney, Australia was way different than being in America because of just the crowd it draws. And right. I was not used to it you were Michael Jordan. Exactly. For better looking, right? <laughs> it,
0: awesome.
1: So that was a whole eye-opening experience because I wasn't used to that. You know, you go to a swim meet here in the States and it's like – You know, your mom and dad are there, maybe grandma and grandpa. You know, we go to Australia, and everybody's there. And it was my first experience with really, like, the paparazzi and really playing up that U.S. versus Australia rivalry. And at that time, it was – at its strongest too that's when like the torpedo was you know hotting out and um, that was Michael Phelps's first Olympics so he wasn't quite a rising star so he took like six medals yeah (laughs) Yeah, totally (laughs) so that was an amazing experience I learned a lot from that meet I ended up placing third fourth and sixth but more than anything I
0: so you got a bronze medal had
1: a bronze yeah it was my last swim at 17 yeah definitely it was was incredible you know I I learned a lot because my first race I swam was the 400 IM which is pretty long and brutal and it was the first day of the meet and I was our um, top Drake American so I had a lot of pressure on me as far as gotta win a medal gotta win a medal it needs to be gold needs to be gold and I had never like I was never really had that mindset I was all about I want to do my personal best yeah. whatever that means it's gonna be awesome for me and all of a sudden I'm getting gold medal in my head gold medal in my head and I'm just I'm just in a whole nother mindset. And, you know, I get behind the blocks and it's the first time my whole swimming career had ever been nervous. There's like 18,000 people in the sands. I'm like, I'm that. just not used to this. Yeah, My legs feel like jello. I'm 17. I'm the only like American that a qual- qualified for that race. And, um, I thought I was third. Like you can kind of see where you are in the race. I'm like, that's cool. It's still a bronze, you know, like people got to be happy with that. I saw a terrible game or a terrible race plan because I, was freaking out basically. Yeah, and I, out, yeah, yeah. I was like trying to keep up with this one girl who ended up just like working me and I got to the wall and I was like, Stand to O Caitlin, USA, fourth. And I was Crushed, Like, I was absolutely crushed. Uh, and it was, like, the first time in my swimming career I started bawling. Like, my parents were like, never cry after a bad right, race. This right, right. I had a boxer like that. Yeah.
0: He, he cried and swore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Chris
0: Arioli got his butt kicked by Klitschko. And, then and I'm crying like, afterwards. don't cry. <laughs> yeah. Not in the ring and don't swear. <laughs> totally. And he did both. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was raised. You don't do either of those. And yeah. I was just so upset. I was so bummed. And it, it was a realization when somebody came up to me. and was like, what's wrong? I'm like, you yeah, know, I just got four and like what's wrong i'm like i just got fourth place and they like asked me again i'm like oh my gosh are you listening to me and this teammate's like in the what? world yeah. fourth place and in the world and she's like you're 17 years old and only three people in this world can beat you in the 400 i am and i was like yeah i feel real dumb right now you right. know it was just so right then and there 17 years old i mean it happened to be my first olympics but my whole attitude about the sport changed and it's you know it was when i really really legitimately was, like, every time I swim, I want to go to the best time. Like, that will always be my personal goal. Right. It's not going to be the gold. It's not going to be the world record. It's not going to be the American record. You can't, right. can't control the uncontrollables. And that's what I try to preach when I do my motivational speaking. You know, it's like, worry about yourself. You know, and you know the girl that beat me, she beat me by seven and a half seconds. She, she broke the world Whoa. record. She was the defending world champion. And then four years later, um, had a lot of ups and downs in my career. You know, I got a full-ride scholarship to USC. Had a lot of injuries right when I got there. And it's kind of a bittersweet story with a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs. My freshman year was shaky. Sophomore wasn't great. Junior was my first good year, my first NC NCAA title and whatnot. I ended up qualifying for my second Olympics. Kind of shot in the dark, kind of like the— the outside smoke and like the dark horse which was completely different 2000 i was like oh you're still swimming i'm like yeah i've been hurt for most of it but i'm swimming so i go back to athens greece now in 2004 and i'm getting ready for the 400 IM. same race and who's next to me the girl that beat me by seven and a half seconds four years yeah totally and it was like i've been here before i know what to do and i swam my own race and you know what she ended up beating me by 12 hundredths of a second um it was a way better race this time i got the silver, silver but for four and a half years i was stuck at this plateau i was going four minutes and Forty seconds every single time I swam this race. So my goal at this Olympics was I'm going to break 440. So I looked up. We, I mean, I honestly 12 hundredths of a second. I mean, that's what a fingernail. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm five you seven. Have cut your I know. I always blame <laughs> it on my height. I'm like I'm five seven and she's you and me. Two. I'm 5'7". Yes, and she's like a big girl, you know. And yeah. so she, and I look up and it's like no, Caitlin, USA and second. I'm like okay, cool, second. Yeah. And then it said 434, and I was like. Wow! Oh my goodness, six seconds. Yeah, to a PR. and I was like, I just wanted to go like a four thirty nine, you yeah. know. So I started jumping up and down and celebrating and like laughing. And people are like, Oh my gosh, does she think she won? Like she got right, second, right, you right. know? Because we're in this like society <laughs> where it's like, Why are you happy? You got second. And I'm like, I am thrilled. I just got second because look at my time. What a so, change in four years. Oh, for sure.
0: Before we continue the interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Champions have tools that help them win ranging from the strict diets to the shoes they choose to wear. When they go to the boardroom, a single tool stands out to make sure they are productive and get the best deal possible. Their black moleskin notebook from Best Self Company. Check out the Best Self Journal at bestself.co. That's bestself.co. Okay, let's get back to the interview. Let's take all of that experience because it, you know, in business, the playbook's about taking great athletes and celebrities and how does that all apply to when you're done. Right. And, and what's interesting is, you know, I deal with a lot of professional athletes that keep playing into their adult lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as an Olympian, it's it's, it's sure different. It. <laughs> and so, you know, here you are and, and you don't have – the context where if you walk down the street, you know, even Jim Lairitz, who's my partner on the yeah. radio show, when he's in New York, people stop him. That's awesome. Warren, yeah. people stop him all right. over the place. Warren Moon, my partner. Yeah. But when you're Caitlin, mm. they may stop you because you're really pretty, <laughs> but can't. they have no idea you have all these medals.
1: Yeah, no, I don't get that very often. Yeah. And,
0: <laughs> and so, you know, but there's a lot of lessons. Is, you know, I'm listening to you and, you know, m- my gift is this ability to make money and to be a businessman. And, right. you know, from being the individual on a team – because that's what a CEO is. For sure. Right? I still have this team and I have to motivate them like you would and be supportive. But in the end, I'm accountable for everything in the business. Right. And you're accountable for your job.
1: Definitely. And,
0: and you know, I can only do my best to help the other people, but mm-hmm. I can't run the race for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had, like an entrepreneur, plenty of ups and downs, plenty of times yeah. when a lot of other people quit. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so take me through some of, you know, now that you're out where you're applying these principles of that you learn just through sports into business, because you do do motivational speaking, right. you still coach mm-hmm. and you also are an entrepreneur. You, you were a model, you've made money for a variety of different ways. Right. You know, what are the key aspects of that, that you've taken from athletics into entrepreneurship?
1: Sure. You know, I think first and foremost, it took me a while to be able to admit it, but it's hard. It's a hard transition. It's hard to go from an Olympic gold medalist to what next? You know, I, I retired from the sport at 25 years old. My last Olympics was at 25 I graduated years old. law
0: school at 25. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. start my career. <laughs> yeah, right? but
1: then it's like, what do, what do I do now? Like, how— what is it in life that will get me to feel that natural high? you know where where am I supposed to be? Where is my passion now? and that took a while. It took a lot of trying different things, putting yourself out there and honestly, kind of being okay starting from the bottom again. and I think you know that's how it started with swimming. I mean, I was good when I was younger, but I definitely wasn't like breaking records and you know, making teams at a young age. I kind of 17. Except for the Olympic team, yeah, was 17. seventeen was young, but it was but. kind of like this rad jump. It was like fourteen, I was average, and then all of a sudden I was like, good. You know, a lot of kids start great. that Let's way. You're great. Let's be honest. She's radically
0: <laughs> humble, but she was great.
1: So I mean, it it was hard, and now we live in this generation where it's. Social media and branding and putting yourself out there and that was hard for me to do because I felt like that was very um, look at me, look at me. And I didn't have Facebook for the longest time. And this is years ago. This is probably two thousand eight. And I was doing a kind of like a what what's Caitlin Sanudo doing now interview. And we had this great interview. And at the end of the interview, the the writer was like, "Can I give you um, some constructive criticism?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. What's up?" He's like, "You really." really need to be on Facebook. I was like, oh, I don't want to be on Facebook. That sounds so terrible. It's so intrusive. It's like, oh, look at me. This is what I'm doing now. Like, right. he's like, no, I mean, this is what the world's going to. And now we have the the Instagrams and the Twitter and the, you name it, you name it. Snapchat. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I didn't swim in the time that that existed. And I really think my life would be a lot different if I did. You know, I just look be Michael at, Phelps. You, you know, <laughs> I don't want to compare, but I feel like, wow, the opportunities that would have probably come, the followers that you have, the, the visibility that you have. And like you were saying, I don't walk down the street and get stopped like, oh, my gosh, weren't you in the 2004 Olympics? Every once in a while, you know, if I'm hometown and whatnot, or if I'm at a some right. event, sure, exactly. USC, um, and now that this is like a social media world, I'm like, gosh, I think my life would be a lot different. But the qualities of who I am because of the sport are obviously the same. The hard, hard hard worker driven determined um, I think you have to be humble um, but at the same time you have to be proud and something that I'm trying to be better about now is just networking you know for the longest time I was afraid to ask people for help That'd because go. I was in a sport that was like I'm going to do it myself I got to do it myself I'm a swimmer put my head down I go I had a tough exterior shell the last three years of my swimming career I swam with all boys so I moved to Mich- men I should say I moved to um, University of Michigan I swam with Phelps what? and under coach Bowman and was there with a bunch of national team members other male Olympians, and that makes you a very tough person.
0: Yeah. And Living so, in Michigan will make you tough. Yeah,
1: that in itself. Yeah, <laughs> those brutal winters and swimming with all men. And, right. You know, I didn't really know anybody out there, and I was out of my comfort zone. And looking back now, I'm so glad I did it because I literally think I'm a stronger person because of it. But at the time, I was like, what was I thinking? Um, and then to today, I mean, I feel like because of my Olympian status, I have a platform. And how are you going to use that platform? And how are you going to use that to your advantage as well? And, you know, I I don't want a job. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to have a passion. I want to find a career where I feel like I am a really good at this, and I love this. Right. And, and you want
0: to enjoy st- the pursuit of your potential. Exactly, Th- that to me is yes. happiness. And so exactly. many stellar individuals with great principles and character like you, it, it takes a transformation to mm-hmm. not attach to an outcome. Yes, and then you have this whole new journey. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about one thing. So, you know, all the people that I interview and meet, they all have like, including me, this one low. Like was there ever a time, either athletically or in mm-hmm. in business, that mm-hmm. you're like, "Gosh, you know, I, I own, like I have a I, I had a moment in my life I lost like millions of dollars, mm-hmm. I screwed up, oh, I'm mm-hmm. accountable." But I woke up one morning, and my wife always says, "The amazing thing about Dave, through all that he went through, is that there was only one day that I ever saw him depressed, and I mm-hmm. still get choked up thinking about wow. it." It's like, and I was. It's one day. And I sat there and I literally couldn't get out of bed, right? Mm-hmm. And I decided, oh man, if I could look up, I can get up. Yeah. Did you have any of those days where you were like, gosh, you know, this is not what I wanted? Yeah. And I know from your character, you're like me, I'm sure you picked yourself, but tell me if you mm-hmm. had that low point. Cause yeah. everyone does, and they feel when they're there that there's no hope. Right. And part of this is to tell people, especially entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. look, there's tomorrow.
1: Oh, for sure. Like Most every definitely.
0: billionaire I know failed. Big, mm-hmm. And they were this far from being bankrupt, if not have been bankrupt. Right. Every single one that I've ever met have failed so big and wanted to quit. Right. But there's something in an Olympian. Sure. There's no quitting, Caitlin.
1: Right. No, no kidding. I mean, I think what – I mean, obviously being an athlete – your body goes through a lot. And um, going into my freshman year at USC, right away I had a shoulder injury, which is very common um, in the swimming world and sports in general. And it's one of those things that you just have to take the time and the patience. And then after that, I had this debilitating back injury. And it was a very uh, low point of my career because for about six months, they couldn't even diagnose me. Oh. So it's like, do I have this, you know, pseudo injury, and people start questioning you. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, "Does she even want to swim anymore? Did she like, you know, win Olympics at seventeen? Now she's done. You know, nobody knows what's wrong with her." And I was like, "I'm not making this stuff up. Like, I hardly ever complain. I hate to say if anything hurts, you know. Right. And, but this pain took my breath away. It hurt to walk. It hurt to talk. It hurt to cry. Let alone swim. So I tried to continue swimming. I still went to the NC two A's. I still with, like tape on my back. And then the day after NC two A's, I get a phone call that I was diagnosed with a stress fracture. And it was like this two part thing." because I have asthma as well so every time I was coughing it was pulling apart my intercostal muscles uh. and it was like one thing after another and I was like oh my gosh like alright what, what do you do do I want to do this because obviously like I said it's hard and to be a student athlete and you're at USC and you're I'm swimming two hours in the morning going to school swimming two hours in the afternoon doing weight room for an hour I had to do study hall I had to study table classes again you know it's like do I love this? You know, because right. this is really hard. Where's yeah, that the social sounds like it life? sucks. Yeah, especially yeah. at
0: USC. Like, if you're at Michigan, there's nothing else going on, but <laughs> yeah. you're at USC. It's
1: like, what? What about my exactly. social life? <laughs> right. You know, and they hold you. Or just to, a life. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know, they want excellence in the pool and they want excellence in the classroom too. Yeah. You know, and it's, so it was very demanding. On, so you know, freshman year is like, gosh, this sucks. And so I had to take some time off just swimming completely, which I have never done. And then my sophomore year, I was feeling a little bit better, but not great. And um, we were taking a, a roommate to. The the airport and we got in a car accident coming home um, on the 110 freeway. And this is like two days before we're leaving to the NC Toys. I'm like, you uh. got to be joking. You know, and I have like the airbag rash on the side of my face. My body feels terrible. We go to urgent care and the guy's like, you know, you guys are just badly bruised. bruised. You're going to be feeling, you know, probably pretty bad. But I'm like, I have NC Toys in two days. And he's like, I don't Know if I'd advise you to go, but I wouldn't tell you not to go. And I'm like, I gotta go. And so I went. And the other girl was um, in the car with me. She ended up not going. I'm like, I can do this, you know. So then I get to the NC Two A's, and I'm there, and I get 102 fever. So it was like literally, it was like one thing after another, one thing after Man, another, I don't one know what thing you after did in another. That's life. As well. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it was just like you stop. And and that started you take it started raining on me. And yeah. I didn't have an umbrella. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. And then I swam the mile, which is the longest race, and my cap came off. I and can't all even this run
0: air. a mile, Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> so it was Aww. literally my first two years at USC was it, sent, it felt like one thing after another. It was speed bump, speed bump, speed bump, obstacle, 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 and I was like, at that NC Twenty, I was just like, do I want to do this? Like somebody's telling me to stop swimming. Yeah, and I, would I was think like, so. Yeah, right. right. Was, there is some force out there. It's like maybe you shouldn't be doing this, but I was like. Junior year—that's gonna be my year, you know. It was the goal, the desire. I really wanted to go back to another Olympics. You know, two thousand was so awesome. I want to do this again, definitely. You know, mind over body, and just the the body um, achieves what the mind believes, and just trying to push out all the negative, you know, hearsay, and only the positive vibes and the thoughts, and surrounding myself around people with that same attitude. So important.
0: I would say surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Let me just transition a little bit because Mm -hmm. you talked about being humble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have two words next to my nightstand. Most people think it's thank you, Mm -hmm. but it's actually radical humility. Okay. And because I believe humility is what truly allows things to come to us. Mm -hmm. And we joke Mm -hmm. around, but I have the same difficulty in social media Mm -hmm. because in order to build a brand. And I'm a brand builder. That's my job. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two or three people following around everywhere I go. Right. And I have to balance that with being humble, sure. right? And, and I, you know, you see yourself on TV and radio and all these social networking things. People start coming up to you and say, oh, I saw your video on this. Or, right. And then you, it, it's difficult to be humble. Um, you know, I, I see you as a very humble person. Thank Maybe I probably put you too high on a pedestal. <laughs> a minute, but you're so humble. Thank you. you know, what, you know, to you, this humility which you have – you you coach kids, right? And you give back. I read stories about you with helping kids with cancer, and mm-hmm. you're a local person here. And I mm-hmm. hear about you, which is always to me the biggest litmus test. Is I mention your name, and everyone lights up. and and I, and I you. you know was born into Lee Steinberg's philosophy of being kind to your future self, mm-hmm. and I know you're that type of person. Thank you. Um, but with that humility comes some. You know, pretty funny stories. I, I know that you you had mentioned you coach little kids. Yes. Um, can you share with us like a humbling story about you know coming from gold medalist, multi medalist, two, three Olympics, all the things you've done to like some of the issues that you may you know address today that yeah. may not be world famous, Caitlin, yeah. but instead just uh, the the local you know high school or or uh, girls and or boys uh, the swim coach. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's funny because I. Th- I feel like people assume, oh, you're an Olympic gold medalist, like
0: you're feel, God.
1: I, well, I think they think it's like a paycheck that never stops, right? Too, or, yeah, which you know, just terrible and for I, all athletes, right? Right. And I was like, yeah. you know, I have to work, and you know, I, I enjoy to work, I want to work, and yeah. I'm not you selling know. my medals. So yeah, right. Like, exactly. I got as much cash as you do. Right. So I think people would be surprised to know that you know I am a summer league swim team coach, swim coach, and I chose, you know. F- as far as levels of coaching, I am literally at the beginning of the sport. And that's how I started. I started at the Lake Forest Sharks. Now nice. I coach at the Lake Forest Dolphins. <laughs> Total, you know, right back to my roots. I never, if you asked me this five years ago, I would say, oh, absolutely not. Um, but I was approached literally like right before I was getting married. I was like, you know, that sounds kind of cool to like be feet on the grounds, not traveling, just be helping a group of kids. And this is now my third season as head Coach Caitlin, which nice. is such a weird title for me. Like I respond now to Coach Caitlin. And I have two hundred kids from ages three and a, or I have two hundred twenty kids from nice. ages three and a half to seventeen, and. Honestly, it is never dull. <laughs> Everybody yeah. gets a medal at the end of the season. Oh, you know, no. How do you feel about and... that, by the way? Oh, gosh. How do you feel I don't... About that? Oh, I want to be so politically correct on no, this. No, no, no. I want
0: the truth because I'll tell you, I hate it. I hate let me, it. Let me I hate it. Okay, good. <laughs> Look, no, hon- honestly, you can be encouraging and positive. Yes. For, but you have to teach people how to lose. Right. Because there's so many more losers than there right. are winners. I you just... were at the Olympics and got fourth.
1: Right. and You get nothing. You had to learn. <laughs>
0: you had to learn the balance at 17. Right. That, okay, number one, I feel like a loser. Right, and I did. And you bawled and cried and yes. all this. But then this this appreciation came in. Right. And said, "I'm fourth best in the world.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely,
0: and I can do better. Right? There's all these, but if you're rewarding people for being mediocre, yes, how are we going to find greatness?
1: Well, I think we're like, oh, why are we in this time of self entitlement? It's like, hmm, where do you want to begin? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. And in the parents, the yes. parents are even worse. But, you know, give me a parent story.
1: Oh gosh, well, you know, I will say for my team, I have great parents, but okay, I'm, that's politically correct. No, you there's know, no, no real, such thing as 225, I, 225 great I really parents. Do, Come on, I, I'm in. A a league that have some parents that you know I was sitting at a league meeting and I was um baffled by the things that were being argued about oh, for yeah, a summer league swim team as if we were preparing for the next olympics yeah, and since and, you had
0: it's even worse yeah, yeah and i'm just sitting like, there like come on
1: oh, are you guys joking me right now and i like feel like i'm pretty like i show it on my face I'm yeah just like, i had
0: that in flag football really? someone called timeout <laughs> so they could get one more play in for a four-year-old but oh, i go good. i have a four-year-old on my team <laughs> it's dinner time Why'd you Good. call timeout? Good. We're not keeping score. In fact, I lie to my team when I coach them. Right. They go, "Who won?" because they can't keep score. Right. I'm like, "You did."
1: Well, and I think I think we can, yeah, honestly say that, like children don't ruin youth sports. Parents yes. ruin Good youth you. sports. And they really, really believe that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have some kids. I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? You know? Yeah, yeah. But they're well, not okay. ruining the sport. I have
0: four of them my own that I do yeah, that I Yeah, totally. In totally. fact, God has given us cell phones for one reason. There should be no child abuse right. because the cool thing about having kids nowadays right. is literally, I have teenage daughters. Right, yes. I'm like, give me that phone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, daddy, cut my arm off. Please punch <laughs> me in the face. Kick me. Do whatever. Don't take my phone, please, daddy. It's awesome. I never yeah. have to hit. Anyway, we have a couple minutes. I have a couple quick questions that I'm known for. One, I know you're not a big computer person, but do you have a favorite app on your phone, something that you use at all? Nope. That's okay if you don't. Instagram. It's there you go. Because
1: I'm building my brand. There you go. Most people say
0: Instagram, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Check out Rev. That's my favorite. It Rev. transcodes okay. It transcodes what you say oh. into perfect English. They send it off the coast in minutes. A do- it's a dollar a minute. Oh, wow. So if you want to write a book or yes. take notes and that, you can do it while you drive in California oh, that's amazing. with an earpiece, of course. And then of course. my last minute, my favorite question <laughs> okay. is, what do you want Caitlin Sandejo's uh, legacy to be? Oh,
1: goodness. You know, I was raised with the constant reminder from my parents, like, be a nice girl. It was like, oh, you know, good luck at your game, be a nice girl. Have a fast race, be a nice girl. Um, And people go up to my parents – Often, oh, you know, your daughter's such a great swimmer. Oh, she's such a stud. Da, 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 da. My parents are like, thanks, thanks. You know, and the moment somebody tells my parents you have such a nice daughter, my mom like starts bawling. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I met your mom. I saw. <laughs> I have a lot of similarities there. Yeah. You know, and I, I do. I just want to be known as a nice person. You know, I just feel like everybody's complaining about this world that we live in today. You know, and it's like, well, we all have the opportunity if we truly want to be living in a better world. Everybody has that opportunity to do that, to make that difference. From, like, you know, I'll probably go to Whole Foods after this. Like, I could make a difference just going to Whole Foods. So my engagement with somebody that day, um, you know, just being here, my interaction, my relationships with people, the words that I say. And, you know, I want – the the thing that I love most about coaching is I truly feel like I have an opportunity to make a difference. And, you know, some are, like, swimming. Some may laugh. Some are, like, really? That's what she's doing right now? It's like, no, I have 220 kids that I can – leave a lasting impression with. I can love on them with my words, with my um, words of encouragement, my motivation. Am I going to have any Olympians on my team? Probably not. You know, if I wanted to be coaching at that level, I could. But I truly believe that I want to be at where it starts. I mean, we have an opportunity to grow and groom the next generation. And I just want to... Of
0: kind people. Exactly. I want to use my
1: platform in that way.
0: That's awesome legacy. Well, you heard it here I'm with Caitlin Sendejo, multi-medalist, gold medalist, USC superstar, but most of all, a very, very nice person. Thank you. Is Dave Meltzer (coughs) choking up at the playbook (laughs) because I love her so much? I'm here, Entrepreneur's Playbook. You're welcome back anytime. Be kind to your future self, and most importantly, be nice. Playbook is produced by Nathan Lotka and our media partner is entrepreneur.com. Be sure to tune in next Monday where we feature another story on how a sports icon went from the playing field to the boardroom.